How you doing, Church Alive? Doing good. Come on, slap your neighbor. Tell them you look absolutely amazing. Let me give you the, the title of my message this morning or this afternoon, barely this afternoon. It's 12.16 p.m. Your words are shaping your world. Your words shaping your world. Everyone say that with me. My words are shaping my world. Come on, say it again. My words are shaping, forming my thinking, my family, my life. I better be wise in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you for this moment right now. And I just pray from the youngest to the oldest, from downstairs to upstairs, Spirit of the living God, breathe on these moments that we have. God, I thank you we're not here to waste our time. I thank you we're here to receive the ever-living, ever-enduring Word of the living God. And Spirit of the God, would you breathe upon it? God, take someone from wherever they are. Maybe they need to turn around and go a completely different direction. Maybe they're here today and they just need a bump in the right direction or instruction or encouragement, however it is. So breathe upon this moment right now. I believe, Lord, that men in here are going to hear the Word of God and their hearts are going to be pierced and their minds changed. I believe in this place your daughters are going to receive something from heaven right now. And Lord, you'll breathe on some people who might be discouraged or challenged in a, in a, in a way. Lord, in Jesus' name, do only what you can do. And a faith-filled, good-looking, church alive said, amen, amen. Hey, can we thank all the people that serve in our church? From our worship team to the production team. Thank you, production team. Do an incredible job. The ushers and greeters and kids team and so forth. Have you ever walked into a room? And uh, I'm sure you have. I'm just kind of, have you ever? But I know you have. So, uh, But I'm sure you've walked into a room one time and, and there was laughter in the air. Someone had told a story. Someone had told a joke. And, and so there was this, this light sense of, of, of a mood in the atmosphere. But I'm sure you've walked into a room or been in a car and you're driving along and there's just like tension in the air. Uh, you can even, um, you, you can, you didn't even have to be in the conversation, but you just walked in. You just like, oh, like, oh, you feel it. You just like, oh, that's weird. You know, have you had anyone else? Okay, 19 of you, the rest of you. What about the rest of you? Come on, put up your hands. I like a responsive church and uh, otherwise it will get awkward in here, Okay. And, and so what we understand is this, is that words don't just communicate, words create. Words do not just communicate and don't just give information. Words have creative essence about them. Literally, your thoughts and your words are taking up mental real estate, real locations in your brain. But a marriage, many times, will be determined how good a marriage is going. You can often tell just by the words that are being spoken, can't you? You can tell what's happening in a church if the church is full of life and talking about what good God, uh, God things God is doing in the, in the house. Are you with me? You can often tell a young person's future by the way that they talk. They're talking of 
change. They're talking of life. They're talking of opportunity. Or you can bump into someone else and it's doom and it's gloom. The economy's going bad and this is going bad. But you bump into someone else and you would think that everything is rosy. Your words are shaping your world. This is going to be an encouraging message. However, it's probably going to be a challenging message because here's what I want you to do for a second. I want you to grab that muscle in your face for a second. Okay? And take that. There it is. Come on. Okay, see that little funny thing in your teeth, in your mouth, shaping your world. It is shaping your world. I felt like the Lord gave me a, 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 a nudge for this week on Monday. I felt like the Lord literally speak to me to begin to talk on this subject, maybe for the next week or two, because he, I felt like he, what he said to me is, they'll never rise beyond the level of their speech. They'll never rise beyond the level of their speech. Your, your speech is literally the ceiling on your world. Your, your world can be going amazing, but if your ceiling is, if your speech is down here, that becomes the ceiling. Yet someone else is going through a hard time, and yet somehow their speech is elevated. And it seems like life is going better for them, but it's not, but their speech is. And so it becomes the lid on our faith. Your speech is a creative or destructive force in your world. Affecting moods, relationships, your health finances, but even this, the generations. You say things that grandpa used to say. You say things, and so what, what you say is so important. If, if, if your family is, oh, we don't forgive people. We, as in our family, we don't forgive people. And you'll notice that that kind of phrasing will dictate certain things. That kind of phrasing can dictate a whole culture uh, if you've obviously been to maybe the Caribbean or something like that, you'll hear no worries, Mark. They're not worried about a thing, but then you go to a certain place and you go, why isn't anything getting done? Because no worries, Mark. So it's, it's both a good thing dictating culture, isn't it? To no worries, man. How come the toilet's still broken? It was nine months ago it was broken. Because no worries, Mark. Don't worry about a thing. Because every little thing's going to be all right, Mom. You guys are good. Come on, give yourselves a hand. Your speech can bring forgiveness and reconciliation to friends. Or it can lock people up in a prison of remember when. The same tongue can cause inevitable damage to relationships. But on the fruit of one conversation, the one conversation, we are getting a divorce or we are trying again. And that we are trying again says, man, there's fresh life in here. But we are getting a divorce says there's a pronouncement literally of death in that marriage. That's why in marriage, can I encourage you, you don't talk about divorce. You don't bring it up. You don't invite it into the house. You say, baby. We're going to be together forever. You and me. We're going to be all with no teeth. Still making out. 
That actually sounds disgusting. <laughs> we need people in our church to go who say things like, we're going to have an amazing marriage. Because too many people in culture are like, oh, you got married. There's the ball and chain. You just revealed your heart, friend. It's only a ball and chain if you let it be a ball and chain. But it's the blessing of the Lord if you let it be the blessing of the Lord. If you think about it as the blessing of the Lord, if you make it the blessing of the Lord, you say, this is the blessing of the Lord. He who finds a good wife finds a good thing. Especially if you find a good wife. From one declaration can come, we have reached peace. From another declaration comes, we are at war. The words that you and I say, they are shaping and forming our, our world. Maybe you say things like this. Oh man, I'm always late to work. You'll always be late to work. And your boss will start to say about you, you've been late to work. And then you'll find you won't have work. So then it'll get worse. You'll go from I was late to work to now I don't have a job. How come I never have a job? How come no one hires me? Hold on. Stop telling everyone you're late to work. Start being an on-time person. Just trying to help you to get a promotion. I wish someone told me that when I was young. Someone say, I'm a saver. Come on, say that loud. Say, I'm a saver. See, Americans are not savers, but generally you can be different, right? Someone say, I'm a saver. Someone say, I'm wise. Turn to the person next to you. You didn't know that, but I am wise. I didn't. Some say, I'm healthy. Some say, I'm always going to be healthy. Some say, that's just what I do. Does that make sense? Right? Instead of like, I'm always getting sick. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. This job is killing me. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired I could drop dead. Right? We say these things, right? See, we are not just communicating, we are creating. And see, here's why the Bible even says, see, sometimes people say things like, but I'm just being real. I'm just being real. I'm real. I'm real, real. I'm just being real. Right? And, and here's why. Carolyn Leaf, uh, 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 a doctor of the mind, says this, even though your mind thinks it, when you say it, what you're doing is you're reinforcing it. And you're actually giving it more space and more permanence in your brain. And so if you think it, don't be so dumb to think you've got to say it. No, actually you'll think things, but start to shift what you say. And actually your thoughts will come alongside that train like a locomotive and just attach themselves to it. And you'll start to say certain things that are not even true. But don't, don't let the truth sometimes fool you. Just say, no, 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 I'm prophesying my future. I'm prophesying, I'm speaking blessing over my world. Come on, that's good preaching whether you know it or not. <clears throat> someone say, I'm in a wrestle. But someone say, I'm going to win. Haas, come here real quick. Haas, I'm going to try to get Haas a girlfriend. Come on, I'm going to just parade him a little bit. Next time come to church, dress him a little sharper, man. Um, all right, looks good. Everyone says you look good. I think you look good. I'm just, you know, whatever. Um, 
I'm being like the devil now. I'm, I'm accusing you and saying bad things about you and so forth. You got to understand, here's the devil. The devil is, is looking to fight someone, right? And looking to wrestle. He's looking, and all of a sudden, what Huss has to do, I want you to say some things that are positive and full of the word of God, Huss. Come on, say something. I'm, I'm attacking you right now. And Come on, say it, Huss. Say it, Huss. Come on, no, 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 it's got to be more spiritual than that. Not just you got this. The devil's fighting you. What are you going to say? Come on, what are you going to say? All right, that, yeah, okay, he said it light and quiet, but the devil didn't believe him because he just was like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Okay, ready? Come on, shout. Yes, oh, come on, oh, oh, oh. All right, give Haas a hand. Come on. See, sometimes when you hear stuff about changing the way you speak and changing your language, you're like, preacher, I tried that. Well, how long you try for? No, in the Bible does it say try this for one week. If it doesn't work, just revert back to your negativity. No, that is not a scripture. What it actually says is speak. Lie. And the Bible says that Jesus wrestled the devil for 40 days. And the Bible says that the devil left him for a season. In other words, he'll be coming back. And therefore, he's coming back looking for someone speaking negative again. Speaking doubt again. Speaking defeat again. Speaking, man, God's not for me. My prayers don't get answered. And, and, so, and he's going to dump some of that stuff on you. And, and you got to pop up like a UFC fighter and just be like, what up, boom? Are you with me? Some of you are getting this. Some of you are like, I'm not sure. Ephesians 6 verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. In other words, think like you're saved. I'm a, I'm a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I renew my mind according to his word. I'm not transformed to this world, but I'm transformed by the renewal of my mind that I might approve that good and acceptable and perfect will of God and anxiousness trying to get on me. I don't allow you to get on me in Jesus' name. I speak peace over my mind this day. I will be a person of peace. I will forgive quickly. I will, I will, I will be all that I'm called to be in Christ Jesus. Sometimes you're going to feel fear. Sometimes I feel fear and so forth. And I, and I say, man, I'm going to be God-fident. I'm going to be God-fident. Godfident isn't pride, it's, it's confidence in God. Amen? Thy kingdom come! Thy will be done. It's not just a moment of surrender, it's a moment of declaration and prayer. Your prayers aren't just beg times for God. Your prayers are powerful, spiritual times in God. This is why every man and every woman needs a prayer life, because prayer brings you under the power of God and the presence of God and the peace of God. And now through prayer, you actually become and start to become the prophet of your life. If you are made in the image and the likeness of God and God's created with his words, and I know to a lesser extent, now take you over here, could it be that you are creating your world with your words? Matthew 17, verse 20, Jesus says this. He replied, 
Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, it, it, literally this tiny little seed, I believe every single one of us has mustard seed faith. However, I would say this, I'm not sure we're exercising mustard seed faith. But the Bible says in Hebrews that everyone has been given a measure of faith. And here's what it says. It says, um, I, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, seed, mustard seed, that's a little weird, mustard food. That's a type in the Middle East. There were seeds and there were seeds. Seeds were a different type of seed. They would plant in a week and they'd spring up. But seeds take time. Seed and seed. Just, just in case. You didn't know that. You didn't know that. That was from the Hebrew. You had, to, you had to break that down. You had to go to seminary for all that stuff. I'm just telling you right now. Anyway. Someone like, is that correct? I'm not sure. <laughs> Move from here to there and we'll move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus was talking about a spiritual thing, a demon. Literally, a demon was binding this child and the disciples come and like, Lord, how come we can't cast it out? And Jesus says, no, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say, someone say, say. You will speak, someone say, speak. You, you will declare, someone say, declare. And you will say and speak and you will declare. How long? I don't know. The Bible actually tells you, like, drive it out. It really does. It says, drive it out. It's not like, oh, devil, leave me alone. He's attracted to that type of language. <laughs> Some of you going to drive it out. And all of a sudden, it happens. Proverbs 18, verse 20, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled came to church just believing God's going to meet the need. You, gotta, you, gotta, you know, even on the way to church, I think the devil would love to get you in negativity, but just come to the house of God. Go, man, today I'm going to experience the presence of God. Today I'm going to hear the word of God. Today my mind's going to be renewed. Today my spirit's going to be spoken to. If you come to church with expectation, the Holy Spirit will meet you. You just got to quote some of those simple scriptures where two or three would gather in my name. That's got to become not a promise to you that you know. That's got to be a promise that you walk into. This is a promise that I regularly, on our, when the worship team's playing, I thank you, Lord, that two or three are gathered in your name. They're here. Therefore, Jesus, you are here. And when I say that to myself a lot, it increases my expectation. Like, oh, Jesus here. That's right. Jesus here. I don't care who else is here, but Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. That means anything's possible when Jesus is here. Are you with me? Verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let me show you this in the New Testament, the Old Testament. Let me give you an example of how important your words, the things that you say about yourself, what you say about your children, what you say about your work, what you say about your life, what you say about God's purpose for your life. Matthew 27, verse 24 and 25. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. And he says this, I am innocent of this man's blood. It is your responsibility. And now the children of Israel, or the Hebrews, say this. All the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. His blood 
the guilt of this man. We take responsibility, not just me, but my kids. And do you know that at that day, they pronounced a curse upon themselves, upon them, and upon their children. This is, um, historically, this is 33, around there, 33, 34 A.D., Fast forward just one generation, 37 years to 70 AD, and a nation invades Israel and literally destroys it. The temple is torn down. Not a rock stays because they burnt the temple so badly that the gold so melted, the gold um, melted into the stones, and therefore people grabbed every stone and dug the gold out and so forth. And you've got to understand that no nation was treated like the nation of Israel. You and I are like, what do you mean? There's, there's a nation of Israel. There was no nation of Israel for almost 1,880 years. If my math is right, it's off a, a couple of years. But in the just shy of 1,900 years, there's no nation of Israel. This flood be upon us and our kids. And only in 1948 is Israel actually become a nation again. And that has never happened in the history of mankind, that a nation would be destroyed like Israel was. But God restores it. And Ezekiel 37 comes to pass. The prophet says, I see bones and it's bad. But the Spirit of God breathes on that and he brings a nation back. That is why you're smart to bless Israel and you're a fool to curse it. They are God's people and he has a plan for them. Are you with me? Their words shape their world. Their words affect a generation. Your speech and my speech is a creative or destructive force in your world. Hear that again. Your speech is a creative or destructive force. I didn't talk about this in the, in the first service, but let me kind of go here. Moses takes the children of Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness, and he is about to take them into the promised land. They send 12 spies to spy out the land, and 12 of them come back. Someone say 12. Two of them come back and they speak faith. They're like, man, the land's good. The land's great. The land's powerful. Man, it's going to be so amazing when we go in there. Those two, you perhaps know their name. Their names are Caleb and Joshua. Ten of them are just like, man, the giants are in the land. This is in the land. The cities are fortified. There's walls all around them and so forth. And ten of them go negative. And what's so interesting is the ten are right. And the two are right. The ten are right. They prophesied their own future. It's too hard. And it was. God sent them into the desert and they died. But two of them who said, we can do it, they prophesied their future. So what are you saying about your future? However, fast forward just one generation. Moses is the leader. He's the man of God. He dies. Now the next boy in line is our boy Joshua. Joshua comes into the land. He brings the nation of Israel into the promised land. They come to the very first city. That first city is a place called Jericho. It is fortified. That, 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 um, the walls were so big and so bad that people literally in Jericho would taunt armies that come. Come on, bring your best. You got nothing up on us. No one could defeat us. But Joshua learned something really, really important. Here's what he says in Joshua chapter 6. 
It won't be on the screen, guys. Don't look for it. It's okay. In Joshua chapter 6, God gives Joshua a specific command. Take the people, wander around for six days. Here's what Joshua does. Doesn't look pretty. He says, none of you speak. Shut up. Why did he say that? Why did he tell three million people, don't say a word? You know the lady's going to die. Not a whisper, no. Shut up. Shut up. They were not allowed to speak for six days. <laughs> Amen. Men, don't high five anyone at that point. Don't, don't, don't do that. They were not allowed to talk. Because he didn't want them defeating themselves with their own speech. Joshua didn't want the people of God doing what he saw 40 years ago. He's like, no, 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 I ain't doing that. I've learned from the mistakes of Moses. Twelve people aren't coming back given their opinion. We all have opinions, right? Often like butts, they all stink many times. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have opinions and, and, and Joshua's like, I don't want to hear your smelly opinions. He says, now shut up. Quiet. Some woman's about to talk. No. The men are out. Some of you have been around church a while, you know that. Others are, I'm not sure, whatever. No one's allowed to talk. Another seven years. Quiet. Another scripture here. It was quiet for six days. Here's what the children of Israel, he says on the seventh day, walk around that place. Here's what I want you to do. Once you've walked around seven times, you are going to shout, shout of victory before the walls come down. You are to speak victory before you get victory. You are to shout like you've got the city before you've got the city. And why he told him all to be quiet. What does that matter? He says, otherwise there'll be some people just going, well, I'm a realist. I like to say it when it happens. And Joshua's like, you such a little mouth. You understand? I am not wandering around this desert. I'm not eating manna. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hanging out with sand anymore. I'm allergic to sand. I'm not going to the beach. We're not doing waves. I'm going to a pool with concrete. I'm allergic to this death. I don't want to see a cactus again. Shut your mouth. And sometimes, if you can't say nothing good, shut your mouth. Your words are shaping your world. I want the worship team to come up for a second. The nation of Israel has wandered around the desert. They're now at Jericho. They've been wandering around a place quiet. Haven't said a word. 
six days, almost to the end of the seventh day. It is a miracle. Think about shutting up a bunch of women. Seven full days. Come on. Seven full days. Can't say a word, ladies. Nothing. Millions of them. Just trying to gossip about something. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Speak life. And then Joshua says, hold on. You're going to shout. You're going to shout victory. You're going to say victory. You're going to speak victory before you have it. You're going to say something different before it's done. Here's the principle of faith. God says if you can say it and believe it, you can have it. But you've got to do it. And you've got to do it. You've got to live it. And don't try it for a week. Don't try it one time at church alive. No, just decide, I'm going to be a positive person. I'm going to be a faith person. You might have been a gossiper. You might have talked bad about people. All of us have. None of us have used our words perfectly. None of us have, have said everything right. None of us have. We come to the grace of God. We come to the blood of Jesus. We come to His mercy. He's not trying to condemn you. He's trying to shift you. He's trying to change you. He's trying to make you. He wants you to be and me to be the prophet of our own life. Do you know that almost every miracle of God in the Bible, God gets someone to say it before He does it. God gets someone to say it before He does it. God gets someone to say it before He does it. God gets someone to say it before He does it. God gets someone to say it before He does it. God gets someone to say it before He does it. Your words are shaping your world. I'm an on-time person. I'm a hard worker. I'm going to be the person God has called me to be. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I don't choose wrong boyfriends. I choose the right kind of boyfriend, if you know what I mean. I don't choose the loose women. I choose the right woman. I'm not a stingy person. I'm a generous person. I speak life. Come on. If you believe it, say amen. Stand to your feet. You're ready. Isaiah 50 verse 4, I want us to say this scripture together. Isaiah 50 verse 4 says this. The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. After me, repeat that. Are you ready? Come on, are you ready? The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He awakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. Proverbs 8 verse 6 says this, Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. I open my lips to speak what is right. Someone say, I'm a life speaker. Come on, high five three people and tell them, I'm a life speaker. I'm a life speaker. I speak the best. 
You and I are made in the image of God. And he speaks and worlds are created. And the first thing he does is when Adam and Eve are formed, he comes over to them and he speaks a blessing to them. Could you imagine if God made uh, Adam and Eve and it's just like, you're ugly, you're deformed, you're no good. No, you're not going to amount to nothing. No, no, no. Parents hear this now. He says, you're a champion. You're a princess. You're a son and daughter of the Most High God. Gossip might have been your thing. Slander might have been your thing. Who doesn't love a juicy, salacious story? Uh-uh. It's like a morsel. Oh, oh, is that what's happening? Oh, oh, they're dating that one. Oh, did you hear about what's happening at the office? Oh, ha, 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 God, help us be encouragers. Listen, leaders, if you're a leader at Church Alive, one of the primary responsibilities you have is to be a prophet of good. And what I mean is that you speak the best about church alive. You don't speak about what's bad going on. You speak about what's good going on. Listen, you're not a leader because you can point out a problem. No, no, no. You're a leader because you can look past the problem and see a solution. Can I get an amen? This might seem like hype to you, but I promise you, if you keep doing it, your world's going to change. Your life's going to change. Jesus said, whatever things you say, you say, not the pastor, not the preacher, not in 90 minutes of church, whatever things you say. Thank you, Lord. And sometimes you can see your own faults and your own failures, and, and sometimes you just go, God, heal me of that, but thank you. Heal me of that, but thank you. Heal me of that anxiousness, but thank you, I will be a peaceful person. Heal me of that weariness, but thank you, I will be the person you've created me to be. Can I get an awesome amen for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Come on, give the Lord a shout. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Let me talk to you real quick. Every eye this way important moment in the church. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's the pathway. Everyone's invited. You're invited to receive the grace of God. You're invited to say yes to the one who's already said yes to you. Every single person in here, you are invited not to become religious. You are invited to the king's table. You are invited not to be just like a, a, a religious church person. No, you're invited to be a son and daughter of the king of kings. If you're not one right now, you are his offspring, but you must say yes to his adoption papers. And how you say yes, Jesus wants to adopt you. He literally comes to you and I, and we're poor and we're broken. Even though, listen, you may think you're doing fine. Life may be going well for you. Listen, I was... Um, I was in Australia recently and I was talking to my father and um, he was he was on a, a bench and his family was inviting him 
to have a better life. And somehow he thought he was fine there. Somehow he'd believed lies and he was meant to be there. And he thought life was going okay for him. And I remember going to the airport that day. Walked into the airport and I was just thinking about my dad. And all of a sudden this message came to mind and I felt like God began to give me a message. And he said, son, just in the same way that some people sit on a bench and they don't want a better life, so do I come to my sons and so do I come to my daughters. And they may think things are going well, but I promise you that what I have for you is better than what you have right now. What I have for you is, is far greater. You might be like, no, 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 I'm good. No, I want to tell you that Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, He stepped out of heaven, a perfect place with gold streets and He comes into a broken place and He invites you not to sit where you are, but to come and be who He's called you to be. He is your daddy. His name is the Father. He loves you with a passionate love. I want to tell you that's not just a picture of the Father, that's a picture of the church. It is a picture of the church that goes to the broken, that goes to those who say, no, 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 I don't need that, but but listen, I've just come to convince someone, listen, I see where you are, but Jesus invites you to eternal life, to forgiveness, to grace, to purpose, to meaning. It would be the greatest, it would be the greatest moment you ever, ever miss if you miss that invitation. It is an invitation like no other. It's saying, it's like saying, I'd rather be a street cleaner than work right next to Bill Gates. I'd rather stay down here. You see, the devil has painted the picture of the church as a place that's against you. But I want to tell you, it is the house of God. It is for you. It is not against you. It's for your destiny. It's forever. It's for eternal life. Jesus died upon a cross, rose from the dead. He conquered sin, death, and hell all in one shot. And he offers you and me forgiveness. He's got a plan for you. He's not surprised what you've done. He's not, he's not like, oh my gosh, they were drunk last night and high last night. What can I do? No, Jesus came for broken people. Jesus came for busted people. Jesus came for imperfect people. Jesus came for smashed people. Jesus came for people doing well or bad. Jesus came for people. He loves you more than you'll ever know. And he wants to write his name upon your mind and heart forever. In a moment, we're going to pray a simple prayer in this church. And that prayer isn't magical, but that prayer actually is eternal. And that prayer connects you to a person by faith. If you just lift up your eyes and just ask Jesus to forgive you and just say, Lord, I've been running from you instead of running to you. I've been thinking everything else is so much more attractive than you. But today I come back. Today I say yes to your grace. To say, today I say yes to your mercy and it'll change you in a moment. I remember I walked into a church many years ago and all of a sudden that day I knew my destiny and my life had changed because I sensed the Spirit of God for the first time or the first time in a long, long time. And some of you, that's you here today. You sense the Spirit of God moving over. Oh, what's in the atmosphere? It's good vibes here and so forth. No, no, my friend, it's the Spirit of the living God and He's trying to get a hold of you. 
right here, right now. Would you close your eyes with me? Would you bow your head? Why don't we pray this prayer together, Jesus? Today, I receive your forgiveness. I ask you to change my life. Cleanse me. Wash me. Be my friend. Be my savior. Be my dad. Make me to be the person you created me to be. I accept you into my life. I stop running this day. And I turn to you. Simple Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. All across this place, if you meant business with God, if you said yes to Jesus for the first time, or number two, you've been running from God, don't play games, don't harden your heart. If you've been running from God and you're serious about saying yes, Jesus, today I'm turning my life back to you in this moment right now. Would you raise your hand all across the place? Would you say, Anthony, that's me. Come on, I just want to see you quickly. See your hand responding to Jesus. Thank you, ma'am. All across. Anyone else? Come on, all across the place. Raise it up quickly. I'm not going to embarrass you. Simply going to see you. Thank you, mate. Others raising their hand all across the place. Come on, raise your hand quickly. Just, just quickly shoot it up. And let, man, today, man, that spoke to me. Anthony, I'm coming back home. I'm, I'm accepting Christ for the very first time. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I pray for those who said yes. I pray for those who responded by faith. And I pray the seed of the Word of God would go into them. They'd never be the same. Seal them, Holy Spirit. Fill them, Holy Spirit. Change them, I pray. Change all of us, I pray. Now I pray for every person who heard the Word of God to do with the tongue. And I pray right now that, God, we would be speakers of life, encouragers, uplifters, God, I pray that you would teach your people how to speak into their circumstances and into their situations and into, Lord, even those difficulties and those spiritual things that would come against their life. Lord, anoint your people's mind and heart and tongue to respond to the Word of God. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive the Word of God, can we give the Lord a hand? Come on, if you receive the Word of God, can we give the Lord a hand? Hey, can we give it up for those people that said yes to Jesus? Come on, can we give it up for those people who responded? Man, so awesome, so awesome. You can grab your seat.